0: See, we all understand that your past is is not your prison, it's your university. But what you also don't understand is it's important to look back. We all get mourning in the dancing, but we don't like to talk about the mourning. Can I preach a message called the Ziklag anointing? Stuck between your crowning and your defeat and this this message now I need to understand because America the American church must have a ziklag anointing I I am so done how many of you know that, that we're living at the time where truth is a new hate speech and the enemy of truth is silence and by the way I was so excited to show you my wife because she's a woman and knows it and so we're not confused about that but we're living at a time and this is not hate speech so if you want to cancel me I already broke up with you but but what I want to get across to you as I begin to uh, unravel this because it, I, I finished writing it at about 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. this morning because the Lord said you are not to go to bed until you write this. And and I was at war with it because I said, Lord, this goes against. I love preaching on blessing. I love preaching on supernatural finances. I love I, because the Bible says when God blesses you, he adds no sorrow to it in Proverbs chapter 10. But what most people don't understand to truly change you have to go through it so i'm going to preach to the go through it because you want to i'm a prospering pandemonium no 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 you got to go through something to want that because we have a problem in the church we want blessings without righteousness and so really a lot of the church is really just doing a pyramid scheme because no it really is and 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 i've got so many friends in different movements and that i'm close to but it really is a pyramid scheme if if uh, give and it shall be given to you which uh well, i can preach this stuff here because i know the righteousness i have never walked in on a sunday morning and not found you in your office crying out to god but we we not only want blessing without righteousness even though every scripture is tied to righteousness i've never seen my righteous forsaken I, Just all through the word of God. And I I teach that to entrepreneurs all over. Listen, I don't care what you got and how much you give. If you don't have righteousness, you're still living in the devil's kingdom. And so, but then the other thing is we want, we honestly want victory without pain and it is not possible. So can I preach this for a second? Because my heart is so heavy. And, and we're going to rejoice after all, but we're going to get there in a moment. But, but I'm reminded of Psalms chapter 30, verse 11. I'm going to first Samuel 30 in a moment, but let me just, let me just break this down. And, and some of you don't like the message Bible, but I do. And you did it. You changed my wild lament into whirling dance. You ripped off my black morning band and, and decked me with wild flowers. This is that morning into dancing part. I'm about to burst with song. I can't keep quiet about you. God, my God, I can't thank you enough. See, understand, we love part B of all the scriptures, but we don't understand that there has to start with a lament. And so I've got to take you there because this is the moment I'm about to preach about was right before David would step into the next chapter, step into the kingdom anointing, step step into being the, the king of Judah. But this was the last test. We're there in America. We're there in the church. I'm going to get heavy with you for a few moments. So, so understand, if you're, if you're used to swimming in the kiddie pools, get your floaties on because there's a moment... Where you say, all right, let's go deep. And I'm reminded of Saturday, January the 22nd. I was preaching in Maine. Now, I was called uh, uh, over a year ago. Actually, it was in the middle of the pandemic. And someone said, we need you to come to Maine. And I'm like, Maine? And and I prayed about it. And God said, go in January. And I said, Lord, this is Bangor, Maine. This is right at the tip of Canada. This is about minus 800. And (laughs) I mean, amen. And, but but I went, and I'm in the middle of preaching on a Saturday morning on the entrepreneur anointing, on the priest and king anointing, how they're inside of you. You don't have to have one or the other. They're both inside of you. You can walk in that, get your family to the altar and conquer the land. But anyway, that's you know, you know I teach on that. but So I'm ministering there, and it's uh, the pastor used to be in Cummings, Georgia. His name Jason Bailey. Jason's very dear to me. And Jason has a miracle story. He was raised in this church, and this church there in Bangor, Maine um glad tidings i believe it is um 40 years ago was the church leading the movement in the northeast and and then there was constant moral affairs all this stuff so jason's in atlanta area cummings right above and he has stage three four cancer they've taken uh majority of one of his lungs out it's all through his body he can't breathe it's in his blood it's in his body and his wife leaves to go somewhere and the holy spirit says take your trash out now he lived at the top of a tall hill take the trash out he's got oxygen on he's in bed he's dying and and all of a sudden the lord says take the trash down to the end of the street which i understand that cuz it happens to me and He says, Lord, I'll die if I do that. But he does. He drags the can all the way down. And on the way back up, God completely heals him. So I'm in the middle of preaching at his church. I'm just getting to know who these folks are. I mean, we're in Cape Cod. It's freezing, the ocean, the whole thing. And, And as I'm in the middle of preaching, I hear the Lord say the Ziklag anointing. And I'm like, okay. See, God always speaks to me in three voices, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I will hear it first with a quickening, the voice of the Father. Ziklag anointing. Then I'll hear it with the sun. It has a love message to it. The Ziklag anointing. And then I'll hear the third, which is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Ziklag anointing. But I still let it marinate and marinate, obviously, up until last night. And I thought, what in the world is, that? I mean, I knew, I knew first Samuel 30, I had studied it. I mean, I, I, I've, I've written a little bit. I, I've got, you know, a little history, uh, and, and a little tread on these shoes, but, but I, I never went deep. So let me just talk about what Ziklag is. Ziklag means the winding. I'm talking to everyone that can't get to their destiny. Cause you keep Ziklag was given to the tribe of Simeon whose land was within Judah as an inheritance in the promised land but it was never conquered by Israel and was controlled at different times by different people the Philistines and at different times and until the time of David so let's talk about this place for just a second because you you need to understand by the time we get over to first samuel chapter 30 we see david living in the this land of the philistines he has partnered with the philistines the enemy of saul they obviously were his enemy because he had killed goliath we all know the story but but it's one of those my my enemy's enemy is my friend moments So he's been given this small territory by the enemy and he's living in Ziklag with his kids, with his two wives, he's living there. And so understand something. In other words, David went there to escape the wrath of Saul, but it was the place that had yet to be conquered by God. Uh, you're not getting it. So the greatest place of surface comfort is often the place that God is still waiting to conquer in our lives. Oh, I've got to go deeper. So then we jump over to 1 Samuel 30 and we look at verse one. And let me let me go there for a second because something happens. David gets bad news. Now, 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 understand something. There's some things that will vex your spirit. Some things that will just crush you when you get bad news. And we've all had them. And, and you've got to figure out how to fight through. It was two years ago this month that I left here. Went to our place on the beach in uh, Orange Beach, Alabama. That we had owned a, a little condo. And it was the next morning that the nation shut down. And for three days, I was just, oh, what is happening? And 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 finally i wrote an article that went viral what is happening to the church now we get to know what it feels like to be stuck on the porch like jesus in revelation 3 and because we know we're really we've done really good at having father son and holy scriptures but we don't want the holy spirit so we remove one third of the trinity and 33.3 from 100 leaves the number 66.6 the spirit of the anti-anointed and that's where america's at right now don't let him in here because if he comes in here he might start messing some stuff up somebody might start getting because deliverance is nasty Don't mess up our perfect seeker church because we are really good at entertaining demons. And there's a moment. So the Bible goes on to say in verse 1, David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Somebody say third day. Now the Amalekites, who are these people? These are the Vikings of the day. They're pirates. Their name literally means killers and warriors these are the people down the street they get the popo called 11 o'clock every friday all right you follow me right i mean the pe- these are the people that you wave at because you don't want them to kill you hey love you you don't sell girl scout cookies you would give them like y'all go eat this is my family my dad was a drug dealer off the streets of Detroit. So you got to understand, this is how I'm like, dad, uncle. All right, watch. These are the people that met the children of Israel when they crossed over. The very first battle was against them. Amalek. These are the people that God said, kill them all. But people messed up. These are the people that will not even disappear till 1st Chronicles chapter 4. Let me give you another hint. Remember Haman? Who wanted to kill everybody? His family was the king of the Amalekites. They hated Israel. They hated the Jews, and now they've come back to a land because it's easy pickings because David was living in a place of comfort, and God never called him to live there, but he's hiding from Saul. He's tired of being chased, and he loves moving in with the enemy because the enemy puts up with my stuff, and so all of a sudden, these people go in, and they start invading, and the Amalekites raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had taken Ziklag. Oh, by the way, do you know what they were really good at? And I did this study on this. They were really good at not killing the other armies. They were good at stealing their wives and children and changing their identity. Hello, America. The thing that we haven't conquered when we went across And they had attacked Ziklag and they burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else, both young and old, and they killed none of them but carried, why why am I going to kill you? I just want to take your identity. I want to tell you that God messed up on you when you were born. I want to tell you that you can change your pronoun. Oh man, I'm about to get politically incorrect. Let me tell you something. How dare you put a fist in the face of God? He knows what he made. I have spent my life for 3 million miles in planes preaching to 2 million teenagers. And I don't need somebody else to walk in and mess up what we fought for. I wish some preachers would get some righteousness rise up. And just go ahead go ahead, and exit stage left if you won't preach the truth. I don't want to offend anybody. Let me tell you something. The gospel is offensive. And they ain't worried about offending you. When they tell their your children in kindergarten that they and teach them how to do things to their body the pleasure themselves, I ain't got time for this. So David gets his house stolen from culture. And at that very moment, something shifts. He gives up he crashes i love the life of david he's a man with a boy's heart a man who is forgotten at times he's acclaimed in victory subject to the abuse of a leader at times hunted like a dog through the mountains by a king and while riding worship between battles and ploys i mean i love the life of david Spurgeon said it like this, quoting the poet John Dryden while speaking of the life of King David, a man so various that he seemed to be not one but all mankind's epitome. He is something special. Special. he 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 fought the lion and the bear to kill the Goliath because the lion is the first thing you're going to kill everybody wants Goliath without killing the lion the lion's the thing that pounces on you it's the thing that sneaks up on you it's insecurity fear doubt and then the bear that's what hibernates in your life and only comes out when it's hungry but and and then and then you get to kill Goliath which is killer of a generation but don't ask God for the ability to pick up the five stones to kill him and his brothers if you're not willing to kill that thing that gets you every time somebody else goes on stage or that thing that gets you every time somebody else gets blessed and you don't because you got that poverty wrapped up and you're an orphan of the kingdom no 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 and don't ask god to to, to bless you when you're still sitting over there all the time wondering about when that bear is coming out because you ain't made a covenant with your eyes yet that's a whole nother thing don't get me down now that's, that's in one of the books by him still the worst trial that David suffered arose not out of his faith but out of his desire to find it I wrote this the other day and I was doing a business conference and I just was doing one of our business conferences with with some coaches. and, And I wrote about the definition of faithfulness, having the stamina to keep believing when there are no answers to your questions or when the shout to keep going has become a whisper of just hold on. That's faithfulness. It's what we did when Karen was diagnosed with leukemia, and for one year on our altar in our bedroom, we would lay that 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 doctor's report, and we would say we don't receive it until God radically healed her and rewrote her DNA. While preaching on stage to 25,000 women in Brazil, see, don't tell me, and her doctor still reaches out every six months and tests her, and he loves it. He's pre-Christian. Y'all quit speaking death over people. They ain't saved. Well, she, she's, you know, you know her, and you just start spouting off stuff trying to curse them. Learn how to speak the life sitting over there i'm so glad you're not god i'd already be dead now watch first samuel we jump on to first samuel chapter 30. go on to verse three i'm gonna preach this for a minute i know what time it is but you know what god does every time i come in here he holds back the sun he really does we'll have two and a half two hours two and a half hours but i'm still i'm okay because god holds back the sun on this house so that you get it all so just hang with me for a minute we ain't got to do nothing tomorrow uh we've got to come back here at 10. so nine for jason and donuts watch pastor jason I'm, I'm just. so here's here's what you have you ever gotten bad news but it wasn't as bad as you thought i'll never forget years ago true story and i've never told this story but my family mocks me about it constantly i, I was preaching out of town karen was at home our son nate was in uh elementary school so all of a sudden, we have a Yorkie, a demon-possessed Yorkie. Uh, a little legion is a legion, and we got this little dog, and it, it wouldn't learn. I mean, it just it wouldn't learn. It would chew the heads and the feet and the hands off my son's little, you know, little action figures and stuff. I mean, what is that? It's Dagon, and so. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm out of town speaking at a crusade and the dog gets out and it won't listen. I mean, it looks at you and goes the other direction and the dog gets out. Nate's at school. Karen's at home. The dog gets out and it runs through the back of the woods and it ends up getting hit by a car. <laughs> Look at God. Won't he do it? And won't he do it? Won't he do it? One of us is going to die. So Karen calls me and, and, and. I, I literally put one of my staff members in charge of the service that night and I drove home because I knew this would destroy our son. I was so broken hearted for him. He was about to face death for the, fir- for the first time. So I, I go to his the little Christian school where he went and, and I go in and they call him to the office and he gets in the car. And I said to him, because he, he knows I'm out of town. I said, Nate, I just need you to know um, this is about to be the worst day of your life. The evangelist comes alive. And I said, what I'm about to tell you is he's going to crush you. And he's looking at me. I said, there was an accident this morning. And I said, you know, his little dog got hit by a car. And he burst into tears. And he looks out the window and just keeps wailing. Let me get my good side. Hold on. <laughs> and so... I'm like, paparazzi, you stop it. (laughs) And we we get home, and Karen comes out, and the little dog's in a box. We take it to be incinerated at the uh, the vet. Won't he do it? And back to hell where you came from. (laughs) And so, but years later, because he just ran and held his mom. Years later, my son, future state rep. Led the largest youth ministry in in America. Youth pastor. Says, dad, I just need to tell you something. When you said it's going to be the worst day of my life, there's been an accident. I thought you about to tell me mom died. So when I burst into tears, it wasn't over the dog. I know, right? So now my family has a rule. If the dog dies, don't tell Dad sometimes when you get bad news and they've forgiven me but they keep bringing it up so that's on them (laughs) they're the ones that ain't healed yet they brought it up last week in austin but what i'm saying is sometimes you get news that's not the news sometimes you get a report but you don't see the miracle on the other end sometimes you don't have the uh, i'm gonna keep going so it goes on to say let's read this verse for you let me let me read this rest to you and and so what you have to understand is first samuel 30 verse 3 when david and his men reached ziklag they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive so david and his men wept aloud until they had no strength to weep david's two wives had been captured i and jezreel and abigail the widow of nabal Of Hinoam, excuse me, of who, let me jump back, I lost my, David, these women, of Carmel. okay, there we go. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in his Lord. Can I talk to you for a few minutes because you want this prospering season. But before you can step into it, I'm asking you to get discouraged. What? Not depressed. I'm going to prove something to you. You will never go to the next level until you come to the bottom of the blessing. I'm teaching something. I'm taking you there. You want blessing without pain. And you have to understand. Let's talk about the soul interruption. I've been vexed for two years. I'll get deeper into that. But freedom always starts with a vexed soul. David has come home, he's lost everything. Look what it goes on to say in 1 Samuel. Let's go back to that verse again. The Bible says, and says, So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. What are you talking about, Pat? I'm going somewhere with this. Because you have you ever wept until exhaustion set in? you're just so desperate for an answer it's it's the diet of tears it's you gotta go through some things i have been through seasons i pastored for three months it's not even on my resume uh, over in griffin georgia i mean i didn't even put it on there it's just a gap and and it's one of those places that i was at that i that i literally read tale of three kings over and over and over i mean you read you know if you're really going through it read gene edwards and so I, i'm it's you go through those seasons where you go have I missed it the time that I moved our ministry to Vegas and tried to do for God what he wanted to do and I went through that season where the teacher doesn't talk where he gives a test that quiet season it's not a season where God's abandoned you it's a season where he's saying you coming back and so there's a moment where you have to shift it Psalms 42 verse 2 through 3 where it literally says I'm thirsty for God alive I wonder will I ever make it arrive and drink in God's presence I'm on a diet of tears tears for breakfast Here's for supper this is that scripture where they say where men say to me all day long where's your god now to make matters even worse his men want to kill him for samuel 30 verse 6. can i just talk about that for a second loyalty's boundaries cannot be tested until percival re- preservation is at risk I understand the passion of the protege is determined by the pursuit of the mentor i understand all of that i know that submission is only a theory till it costs you something but true loyalty uh, true loyalty cannot be tested until personal preservation is at risk and and that's when you really expose the hearts of men so now david's own men are saying we're going to kill you because you took us out raiding you took us out doing battle we didn't leave any men here now our seed and our promise is gone and we're going to kill you because they had not yet learned to understand the ways of god what he could do that he can turn it around but you're still on the winding road i'm saved this week i'm backslid the next week i got faith this week oh my god i'm gonna die over here i trust the lord right now but you ain't getting my tithe i'm back over see it's the winding road i can't figure out what i'm called to yet because i don't know who i am In my heart can i can i can i get a little bit authentic for a few minutes my heart's been so heavy because i've watched over the last two years as much as the church went on autopilot as the ship carrying humanity went deeper into darkness have been wondering for so long if it was just me in fact in a day and age where we would raise we raise up a salt generation that loves worship more than word because it soothes their demons in a day and age that that we have just made up our mind that you know what just make me happy pastor just feed me just let me walk in and spend 30 minutes in praise and then maybe i'll give you an amen because i don't understand the power of agreement and resonation y'all remember that word and understanding the amping up of our soulless flesh reaction has always allowed an escape from our present pain i'm just going to get amped up I'm going to feel good. I'm going to walk out here. I'll backslide by Monday because that's who I am. But this will never satisfy our inner thirst. Why? And then COVID hit. And we've been doing battle that revival is real. Revival is when God gets so sick and tired of being misrepresented that he shows up. Revival is, is the church getting back to normal. We preached it. I preached it for three million and a half miles. And, and then COVID hit. And honestly, the pandemic removed the veil. that was covering the church's nakedness all of a sudden it it wasn't about our big easter egg hunts and interest-based small groups that we had just been busy but not really doing anything and then all of a sudden we realized we had spent so many years preaching hopium and kingdom kingdom dominion that that's why i'm saying i want you to grieve for a minute so we can win We've been preaching hopium and kingdom dominion for so long that the one world government was looking at us and laughing because they were able to look at us in three days and put clothes for business on the front doors. Took Hitler five months, took our American government three days because of Dr. Fauci and not Father God. But see, there's a moment where, and then we all learn to wear our mask even when we're by ourselves driving, which is weird. I go by people, I go, hey! Hey! This is the air I breathe. And those of us that resisted the lockdowns, my God, we were the Antichrist. Because they were deeming pot, and abortion clinics and target and walmart essential but not us and we were they were saying you can't even praise anymore and i'm sitting there how dare you how dare you i got a yard full of rocks i'll get their praise on if i have to how dare you and then all of a sudden we got we start getting attacked even by the church and by denominations because they're really worried about getting sued that's all that's wrong with them they don't care about the loss. and most pastors are more concerned not about the people dying a lot were just very concerned about losing their kingdom And I learned that sheep bite. Here's some good news for you. And I've, I've said this before, but good news. COVID has removed the voices of secular pulpits that only spouse warmed up leftovers from the pastry deli in Hell's Kitchen. Can I preach like this here? I'm almost done in a minute, but a minute is a day anyway. And personally, I'm being real, and he knows this. Because there was times where the only person I could call was right there. I quit. I said to Karen, I can't do this. I am so vexed by the church, not by the world. I've read the end of the book. Come on. I told Karen on several occasions, "I I can't do this anymore. And I don't have to. because I thought, where is our boldness? Where is the rebellion of the New Testament church? Where are those that still believe in the power of the gospel? Thank you for not shutting down. Thank you for fighting the war. Thank you for having church in the parking lot. They're going to try it again because they didn't win on this last one. They're going to try it again. They're going to release some other phantom thing. But where's those that will declare the power thereof? The uh, greater work shall you do. I was sitting there and I was just so vexed. I was so vexed. But vexing is good. And some of you are avoiding the vex. That it's okay to ache from within. The word burden is fortion in the Greek. It means faults of the conscience which oppress your soul. And we're living in a day and age of squirrel. Oh, they're bombing Ukraine. They've been bombing each other for uh, 300 years. Anyway, I won't go there because I'll get an email. (laughs) I continually had to read Jude. Jude was like the, he was like the weatherman of the day. Because he liked to talk about people preaching with empty clouds but he would say this but you dear friends carefully build yourselves up in the most holy faith pray in the holy ghost stay right at the center of god's love keep your arms open and out. i would read this during this time oh, and and ready for the mercy of our master jesus christ this is the 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 unending life the real life i would i love reading jude and and if you ever read jude you know why people chopped him up with an axe that's how he died but 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 you have to understand what i'm talking about We're all worried about the woke culture and worried about who, how they can hurt. Listen, we see things on social media and we'll pipe in and we'll say something like, gotcha, in your, in your little echo chamber. And God is saying, do you understand? Most pulpits are void of those that will speak truth against the demonic, de and deconstructing of our children. So, and also that culture will not cancel them. Can I just give you a clue? Can I give you a church memo from God's desk? Let me just give this to you. Culture has already canceled you. Our voices do not matter to them. They believe that we believe in a myth. I wrote this last night. They marginalize us and we say, thank you, sir. May I have another? All the while as we continue to pay the monthly subscription fee to a a newspaper called the End Times that puts us in the obituaries. Wrote that last night. Because I am done. I'm done with men that will not stand up and declare what a man or woman is. I'm done with those that won't fight for the life of the unborn. I'm done. It isn't about... Color. it isn't about any of that stuff it's about righteousness and holiness and standing up and getting a fire in your belly and if they tell you to be quiet you can't because it's shut up in your bones jeremiah i'm done i'm done with worrying about whether am i going to type something maybe i'll get kicked off of twitter maybe i'll who cares let me tell you something i don't need my name on anything but a book in glory and there's a moment can i preach for a minute wake up in this room there's a moment where you have to be vexed. Every revival has started with a vexing. Every revival. Oh, look at Jude. I mean, he's about to get in trouble right here. Look what he goes on to say Go easy on those that ha- who hesitate in the faith. That's hard. <laughs> Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. I love the message Bible. Because it helps a redneck understand. All right. I'll write this down. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And we're going to do somewhere. We're going to pull somebody out of something in just a minute. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel like this. Is, I want to prosper in pandemonium. You, if, you have, if you lost your ever-loving mind, you don't know what it takes to do that. You still tipping God. I'll, I'll move on yeah. and this is what the lord sent me to tell you but discouragement is your friend what watch i'll prove it not depression yeah, sir. but when you're vexed when you're vexed it's paul he said i don't want you to be uninformed brothers about the sisters about the the troubles we experienced in, in the province stage he went on to say I, we got to a place i wanted to die this is the great apostle. Can I just say something to you that all you normal people, the most dangerous place a believer could ever find themselves is, is in a place of, oh, well. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, they're teaching that. Oh, oh well. Oh, there's porn in the library. Ah, that's always been there. Oh, well. Until staying where you are at becomes more Painful until your soul is vexed until you no longer can stay in that place where you awaken from the drunken stupor of self where it's all about you until you decide that i was created for more you will always live in a place of satisfied discontentment and it is the body of christ and god will start frustrating you it's romans chapter 8 verse 20 for creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope hope deferred makes the heart sick and hope that creation will be liberated from its bondage and brought in the glorious freedom of God God says I'm trying to frustrate you because sitting Christians hatch hypocrites I'm trying to get you to realize this isn't normal what you're watching it's not normal I'm not talking about any network I'm not talking about CNN MSNBC Fox News I'm talking about any of that stuff I'm talking about where you start saying wait a minute I know that's wrong but I ain't gonna say nothing because you don't let people what is wrong with you where are the fathers and the mothers of a generation that'll stand up and be a gatekeeper not somebody that hands the key to the gate and say do it there's a moment where your spirit is vexed in a in, in a time where it's in one state they're saying you can kill a baby 24 days after it's born have you lost your ever loving minds somebody help me preach and give my god a praise right now like you act like you know it Because until there's a conviction of need, things stay the same. It's Augustine of Hippo says, Hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they they don't remain so the same. Something's got to shift in you. I'm looking for a church that actually believes this thing. And if you just came to another uh, faith conference, another bless me conference, cool. Give your tithe. Go out. Buy some books. But if you're ready to rise up and be an army. And and I believe in sowing. I believe in buying books. Amen. I got some better. But. when the power of discouragement awakens us to the fact that something must change and we don't fake our way through worship anymore we go god are you up to something And he goes watch i've come to tell you failure is your greatest teacher ask any athlete and disappointment can become your greatest driver listen i have grown or i have never grown in victory i've only grown in defeat the dark night where I cried out and said, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, I need you. God, invade me. And he steps up and says, I've been waiting on you, son. See, there's a moment where you shift. In fact, my greatest points of transformation, awakening, has always come at the place where my personal discouragement has had a had a head-on collision with possibility. My um, uh, Every aspect of our ministry has been like this. Our business was birth laying on the beach, exhausted, overweight. And God said, I didn't ask you to die for the church. I already did. And he said, take your health I, i can tell you all and i was discouraged i was defeated i was crying i said god i i i i i'm weary and he said okay all you had to do was ask see ziklag is the intersection of all is lost i have no strength i am a failure and suddenly a hope now in god comes it's psalm 61 and i'm almost done hear my cry oh god listen to my prayer from the ends of the earth i call to you i call as my heart grows faint lead me lead me back somebody shout for me for a second give him some praise for a second because i got to wrap up discouragement is the bottom of the blessing it's where you start it's psalms 42 verse 5. it's the hope now in god moment I'm so disturbed. I'm downcast. It's the next level. It's the beginning and I'm hurrying. Just play softly so they'll think I'm getting done. Just ambiance them. No, that's a little loud. Like you're moving in the altar. Hold on. A little tray. This is the beginning of the sigh of the soul. What is that? Verse 6 says, David, in the face of all this, found strength in the Lord. Something shifted in him. Have you ever had a sigh in your spirit? It's what my wife does when I drive. I'm like, because sometimes Karen's like, I'm like, baby, you giving birth? <laughs> she said, I saw you look at your phone. I said, I didn't. She said, you did. I said, just for a second. The bug guy that sprays for bugs at our house, his name is Jesus or Jesus. <laughs> There's nothing better when he calls. Jesus is on here. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was politically incorrect, probably. Good. Watch. It's the sigh. It's Romans 8, 26. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us all along. If we don't know how, what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying out of our sighs, our groans. How you doing? Mm. God said, I heard that. Your sigh will help you understand. Who's been sighing lately when you go, "Mm." Helps you understand what season is. Remember Israel, they're in bondage for over 400 years, 440 years, I believe. What does it say over there in Exodus? Israel sighed. It's groaned in the NIV by reason of their bondage. And they cried. They're just happy. I mean, they're just, they're not happy. They're just stuck. They're just like this. Nothing going to change. I mean, we ain't never going to change. And the Bible says, God heard the whole nation just one afternoon being beaten by the slave drivers. They all just went. And it happened simultaneous. The whole nation sighed, even the babies. And God went, there you are. What is a sigh? Understand, it's a deflating from the depths of a person to let one's breath audibly out from sorrow, weariness, to yearn or long to groan inwardly. See, I'm trying to get something across to you. It is time for the church to go (sighs) to release an old breath for a new breath. It's an understanding. Listen, what are you talking about? Understanding whenever God is preparing a people or a body in an epic way he always starts with the hearts of the people before all of the miracles it begins and i've studied every revival i've got chairs from revivals from the Great Awakening. I have two benches in my house from 400 years old from the church where it broke out. I I studied the revivals, but but when you go in, and and this is what I found, it begins in the inner chambers of someone's soul. It's the heart that gives a profound sense of desperation. It's my friend, Pastor John Kilpatrick, who quit the night before revival hit, put his keys on the back pew. It's, and I call him my friend. He's more more of a father, but I found this quote. Look at this quote. I'll, 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 I'll get ready to close. The, and this is um, pretty powerful. James Byrne. Dissatisfaction, the forerunner of revival. So we don't want that. We don't want that. Pastor, don't tell me I'm supposed to be. No, no, I, I, listen. The inner history of revival is characterized by a profound sense of desperation, awaking in many hearts. A period of weariness, exhaustion invades the heart. The pleasure of the world is no longer satisfying. People become sick in soul and men turn with a sigh. Until it becomes a vast human need, until its urgency beats with violence against the very gates of heaven, the spirit of intercession waits for the expectation that they will not be denied. It's, it's I can't do this anymore. I got I played church for so long. We don't have the upper room. We got romper room. We just we've got all of our stuff. We got all of our systems. We look good. We got seven ways to greet. We got all that kind of stuff, and 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 people are still going to hell in our city. It's the it's my the scripture God came to Karen when her body got hit with leukemia before the Lord healed her. Job thirty three verse. For this, the Spirit of God, maybe, but the breath gives me life, it's it's when you start saying, I have to have life again I want to, bring, somebody help me stand up for a second go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and stand up because, and so David goes to prayer, watch, watch First Samuel 30 then David go, said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech Abiathar's name means uh, the father is great and he says, bring me the ephod Do you know what the word ephod means? Breastplate. In other words, bring me back my righteousness, Ephesians 6. Bring me my covering. Bring me what set me apart. Because I've been acting like them over there. Freaking out. And David inquired of the Lord. shall i pursue this raiding party will i overtake them look what god says pursue them now i wonder how he said it pursue them Or maybe he went pursue them what's wrong with you boy or he went pursue them. and you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue now follow me this is the end result of mourning some of y'all haven't wept over your lost children because you were taught in an early church world you're not allowed to do that. I'm telling you to release a mourning spirit so that we can get to the dancing part. I'm telling you to allow that thing to rise up. I'm mourning over our nation. I love this nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is their Lord. I love this nation. I have traveled throughout D.C. I've spoken in uh, in D.C. I've seen thousands touched in D.C. I've stood in the halls outside of Congress. You have to understand. I've seen the, the statues all over the city in D.C. That, that speaks of the sovereignty of God, which means to, ah, oh, sovereign Lord. If you ever study that, you, need to, you know that it's a holy wail, it's a cry. It means He is all in charge. No Congress, no, no Supreme Court, no president, no branch of office can override Him. He is God. He is all that matters. That's what it means, sovereign. That's why Ezekiel saw the valley of dry bones and said, ah, oh, sovereign Lord. And here's what I wanted to tell you the end of yourself is the beginning of God and God told me to come and tell you some of the folks in this place it is time to weep again it is time to mourn that which you cannot get back but when you get done don't be a baby about it ask him what's next he'll say go get him back alright you you've mourned it it's over with because Jesus said unless a, Matthew 12 believes unless a kernel of falls to the ground it remains a seed but if it falls to the ground it reproduces in other words there's a dying process that reproduces you you've got to go through some things you got to crawl up in that grave kick the end out of it and say I'm dying to my flesh i'm dying to my fears i'm dying to my doubts what do i do next god pursue so you have to understand at this moment abandonment requires atonement so david hears of the lord he takes 600 men with him he leaves 200 back now there's a cool story about that when i first went on the road many years ago after leading that youth ministry it's about 97 98 My son was very sick one night. He's just a little, little fella, three or four years old. Karen's at home with him. Karen had been deeply involved in ministry, but now she seemed seemingly was on the sidelines. And she was okay with that because she believes her number one calling is to our family first. But she didn't know because she couldn't see the end that she would preach to millions and that she would write books and God would use her. So one night, Lisa Bevere calls her. Karen's weeping, holding a throwing up child and leaning against the toilet. And Lisa, Karen just goes, Lisa, I can't do this. I feel like Pat's out there. I, I, I'm. And she said, Karen, when David went to Ziklag and went to fight, he left 200 back to protect the place because he didn't do that in the first place. That's why he lost the house. She said, you are in the fight. You're the 200. And it shifted her. Listen. This is it. I'm done. So they start marching. David's got a word from the Lord: pursue, 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 pursue. And all of a sudden, they find an Egyptian that has been sick for three days. Because God knew what was going to happen. David didn't know which direction to go. It's a huge area. And the Egyptian says, "I'm is hungry." So they, the Bible says they give him. A little Debbie oatmeal cream pie. With raisins. Read the Bible. That's why Nick Saban loves them. Now watch. And he says promise you won't kill me. He was a slave. An Egyptian slave. He said we ain't gonna kill you. He said they went over there. And when they go over the hill. Satan. The Amalekites. Are having a party. And they david pursued and they fought them for 36 hours but at the end of it i'm done the bible says in verse 18 david recovered everything in fact it was known as david's purse nothing was missing nobody was dead then the very next chapter saul and jonathan would die falling on their own sword then we go into second samuel things start getting put in order by chapter two david is anointed king you're not getting what i'm saying to you church your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of the morning on the other side of saying god this hurts on the other side of saying i'm going to get my prayer life and start pursuing and putting righteousness back on and god told me to come and tell this house there's a ziklag anointing he spoke to me three times in maine and he kept saying ziklag anointing ziklag anointing i said lord what does that mean he says it's the anointing to come to me first and go and take back it's the anointing to take your family your children your schools your workplace your menace it starts with getting real with where you've been and crawling back into that grave. even jesus had to go through death and god is saying if you want to live and you want to live in the blessed you got to die to some things you got to mourn a little bit you got to release some old old breath and bring in a new breath and, and Holy Spirit's going to be leaning over your bed while you're sleeping the night going pursue 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 go get that lost child go get that baby go get that family go get that husband go get those finances and then you will never hear pursuit until you're vexed until people want to kill you until loyalty is at stake until what you called your circle is now your square.